All right, all right, all right. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, hey, Mr. Gallagher. How are you, buddy? I'm not too bad. I am taking a four-day, much-deserved weekend. Four-day, four did you four say? Four-day weekend. Oh, I think I I'm wish. in need of it. I wish it. I was that lucky. Yeah, I <laughs> wasn't exactly planning it. It sort of just happened upon me. And here we are. You, you are the inaugural start to my weekend, along with my drink. Well, I'm... I'm happy to be. <laughs> Enjoy the long weekend, brother. You're well deserved, and uh, I'm a little jealous for sure. I still have uh, one day left, and next week, uh, no, uh, no holidays, no day off for me. So it's fine. I'll, uh, I'll find some it. time to watch as many movies as you as you probably uh, will in the next four days. But, I'm probably uh, going to squeeze in a, a couple of movies. I think it's on the agenda. <laughs> Just a couple. Just, Just a, couple. a couple. Yeah. How you been right. overall? Uh, how I've been? Uh, I've been great. I've been great. I um, I'm just a little pissed because I I, I always try to secure like uh, additional time in my calendar to go see movies in the theater, not just at home, and I I failed like drastically. <laughs> it's I think the, the last movie I've seen in theaters was Dune. I didn't see anything else afterwards, and I'm just like, oh, there's so many good movies in theaters, and it's not because I don't want to. It's just lack of time and. Um, the theater's right next to my place now. Um, it's, it, 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 I mean, it doesn't have like a huge selection, so it's, I'm a little screwed on that, on that end. Yeah. I really want to go see Belfast, but it's yeah. barely showing anywhere on the, in the city. So just to find the time and the means to squeeze in a time, because getting to a screening is a little inconvenient for me. So I hope I can go and see mm -hmm. Belfast at some point. Uh, my dad is from Belfast. So to see anything that pertains to that conflict when my dad would have been alive is always interesting to me. So it's very much something that I would like to see. I also hear it's one of the Oscar contenders of the year. So definitely on oh, my to surprised. do. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh is yeah, weird like that, isn't he? He goes from really acclaimed movies to widely mediocre movies. Or even it's true, though. Yeah. trash movies like the uh yeah the one he did artemis fowl for disney <laughs> he was the one that done uh, the that did Ar artemis yeah. Fowl. yeah i didn't see the movie but everybody's like no just stay you away avoid it. It. Uh, yeah so i think brown is interesting that he has that very wide range but yeah well, if i get around to seeing it i will be talking about it. we're gonna be talking about a lot of movies today um yes we are movies yes, we've we seen are. movies we haven't seen um, yeah that's that's down the agenda. Drinks. Drinks. <laughs> More beer. What do you have in front of you? I'm having a beer. As I mentioned, it's going to be a long weekend for me, and I figured this would be a good place to start. I was debating going for a whiskey route, but I was like, you know what? Let's, let's have a beer. Um, and I'm going to try a beer I've never had before. So I'm sorry if I mispronounce it wrong. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how to say it, but I'm assuming it's called either Czech War or Czech War depending on the pronunciation, it's a Czech lager. Uh, I went over to the shop, saw an imported beer, and I was like, hey, I've never had this before. I like lagers. I like trying new lagers. Uh, so I, I picked it up, and uh, we're going to be experiencing that for the first time. Um, the can is really interesting. It has the lion crest over a castle. It says brewed in the Czech Republic, owned by the Czech Republic. It seems very proudly Czech on the can mm -hmm. it also says it's made with uh brewed with whole cone sots hops sots is s-a-a-z and moravian malt 
So I don't know. It seems very proudly Czech, and I'm very curious to see what that's going to taste like. Interesting pick. Uh, usually, I hear good things about um, Czech lagers. I've been to like Czech Republic a while back, and I had a really good time with beer that, there. Uh, but in in Quebec, uh, where we are right now, I think there's one that's called Staropramen that is actually really good. Um, so yeah, enjoy it. That's definitely a nice place to uh, enjoy good uh, good lagers. Yeah. What yeah. about you? What are you drinking? Ah, to introduce my drink, I would need to introduce a movie ah. or a character in this case. Um, have you seen The Big Lebowski by the I Coen Brothers? I have seen The Big Lebowski by the Coen Brothers. Classic, super, such a good film. Well, that's um, like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you're looking for the biggest, like, loser, stoner, uh, just nobody, random guy, uh, low income, just like, Almost, I would say, like a hobo kind of character. You need to, you need to to get acquainted with the dude. Yeah, the from dude abides. Lebowski. The dude abides. Uh, Jeff Bridges' character in that movie is so so iconic. And in this movie, actually, what he drinks all the time, nothing else, is white Russians. So, in honor to this film and to Jeff Bridges, I actually made myself a white Russian today. So, for those um, who don't know, what is a white Russian? Yeah, a white Russian is a really rich cocktail, to be honest. It's um, <laughs> so what you need three things. Uh, you need coffee liqueur, so Kahlua, if possible, to uh, honor the, the original recipe. Um, some vodka, either premium or just like normal vodka, it's, it's fine. And the third one is either, I would say, milk or cream. So it depends like how heavy and like um, low calorie you want it. But um, my pick is like in between. I, I take like 3.25% milk um, and all three together. You have uh, like a water coffee kind of color. And it's a white Russian, and it's nice. it's more of a digestive like dessert drink, but it's it's really good. I feel I, like uh, dessert drink has come so up many. more times on the show, considering where we are in the show, than we probably yeah. would have anticipated. <laughs> no, hundred um, percent. So on that note, cheers, man. Enjoy cheers to that. And you know what? It's a pretty ah, solid lager. This sounds. This tastes like a really awesome summer drink. You know, there's some beers like you just, you drink it and it comes to mind, like drinking on a terrace, it's summertime, you got like the yep. lights on on the terrace or something. This tastes like that to me. This just tastes like a very refreshing social beer. I think that's the thing. This is not something I think you want to get plastered off of. This is something you want to have a couple of drinks and conversation over. And it's weird that there's right, a good. distinction between that, but that's how I look at it. So you have that, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say Heineken, but like Heineken, Callsbury feeling to it, or more, uh, what, 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 what the, is it bready kind of, or sweet, or not that much? I would say it's breadier than it is sweet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the, sweet is nice. definitely not the word that would come to mind. Um, it's not as bitter as something as like Stella, for example. Mm. Which is my usually my go to beer for Christmas time. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Sell for Christmas. So I want uh, to ask, I oh, Go for it, go for yeah, it. No, 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 no. I was just saying, like, in Christmas time, like, I was trying to figure out what kind of beer do I usually drink? Because I think I, I, I mix both. I, I have, like, stronger beers, like red or stouts, like, just for 
for, for season's sakes. But um, in terms of lagers and like blondes, I think I, I enjoy like a nice, a nice Rickard blonde, uh, Rickard's blonde. And I don't know, just like for the sake of it, because I visited the, the brewery, like a nice Heineken sometimes it's, it's, mm. it's cold, but um, yeah, no, um, go back to your subject because I know what we wanted to discuss. Yeah. And it's an important topic an in, important the, topic. in the overall theme of this show. <laughs> well, yeah, because I figured I was thinking about this today in preparation of the show. Um, we've been talking a lot about movies, TV shows, and even to a smaller extent, video games. And we always introduce a show with what are we drinking and like why we've picked it and sort of a little bit about it. But I wanted to really start digging into the root of half of the show's title, Spirits, um, the, the drink component. So I'll, I'll try to do this every week, come up with a, at least one question. And for this particular entry, I wanted to ask you, when did drinks for you go from something that is often associated with partying or sports or that there's no not much thought put into the the drinking process into something that becomes a bit more sophisticated where mm. there's a bit more reverence for what you're drinking and you want to do research and things like that good question fascinating question um my answer is going to be a little like easy and boring but i would say during the pandemic like the first few weeks of the pandemic um, when we're all stuck at home in lockdown, um, and I was looking for things to do after, like, I finished my work, um, I, I had a nice little mini bar. I'm just like, oh, you know what? I should, I should make myself like a cocktail just to enjoy the night and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I started getting interest in mix in mixology, and I, I, I looked up some recipes online. Um, I bought myself the the shaken book. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's basically the cocktails um, with Ian Fleming and James Bond. So okay. the there's oh, an author. Yes. It's such a nice book. Uh, basically, there's a mixolog uh, mixologist who read all the James Bond books, and he referred to Ian Fleming's work and all the, the cocktail mentions in the James Bond franchise. And he either replicated the recipes mentioned in the books or he did like new recipes inspired by some of the characters and some of the actual drinks that you see in the, that you read about in the books uh, it's a huge it's a, it's a really interesting book you have maybe like what 150 um, recipes and I did some on my own. I bought new uh, cocktails, new liquor, uh, new bases to to do new cocktails. And after that, I was hooked. I was like, oh, I, I love cocktails. I want to try something new every time. So yeah, I would say early early March, April 2020. That's the time when I really like starting thinking about cocktails a little more. I feel like you have to go take me out to a cocktail bar now. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's a bunch of Montreal. I'm yeah, sure. for sure. Like I, I don't really <laughs> many choices. Think of cocktails when I go out for drinks. For me, it's usually just a straight drink or a beer. And cocktails is something I have not got into. I've never even had a martini before in my life. For example. Oh and, no, um, man, that's so unacceptable. You, you, you got to go fix that for me. <laughs> of course, yeah. I'll uh, I'll uh, shake a, shake a vesper for you. Uh, no, and it's a super easy recipe to um, to replicate. So no, uh, of course that's a yeah. challenge accepted. I'll mix you. I'll mix you a martini next. Oh, time. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, and what about you? When did you start uh, started really like paying attention to your your taste and cocktails? Probably not just beer and whiskey. Probably right at the end of, probably in the last year or the second to last year of university, 
I didn't get into it proper, but I think that's when I started to enjoy whiskey. Before, whiskey would be something you go to a bar and you would have a shot. And it would be like something that would act as the introduction or as the chaser. And there was never a respect for it, I would say. And then I started drinking it more as something to sit down and just like have a drink. Like sit down on the sofa, watch something, have it after, and just drink it to appreciate the drink. And it took a while because when I first started it, I actually did not really like scotch and whiskey. I thought it was way too strong. And I think it doesn't help that when you often get introduced to scotch or whiskey, you're usually drinking cheap stuff. <laughs> And it's not a great yeah. introduction to the drink. It's usually really burny and doesn't taste great. So mm. eventually I started experimenting. Okay, I'm going to buy a smaller bottle and I'm going to try a Glenfiddich. Try a Glenmorangie. And you start working your way through the different flavors. And you start learning about the flavors. Like if you want something a little like uh, like peatier, you, you want something that's a bit closer to like the Isle of Skye or uh, the various Isleys that are on the west coast of Scotland. But if you want something a little more highland, like you start learning how like the soil impacts the grains and the barley and, and how literally the terrain can make a drink. So over time, I've come to develop my own preferences. I tend to, pref- if there's a a chart that has four symbols on it going from like lightest to heaviest. I tend to prefer the either the lighter ones, like the fruitier ones, versus the peatier ones and the smokier ones. And it's just mm. something I've been developing over the years and always willing to experiment and try new things. But I think that idea of like an Irish or a Scottish individual in sort of like a castle setting with those like deep mahogany wood walls sipping on a, a scotch and just being like i you know what i'm talking about laddie i was just sort of like yeah i need to listen. it felt like not like an obligation but it felt like it was calling to me to sort of like channel my culture interesting so you were earlier in the game than uh, than i was uh definitely because in university i mean it was yeah beer whiskey but nothing nothing really super innovative outside of it so uh interesting yeah and you mentioned it's funny thing you mentioned glenfiddich uh in in your description and your rundown and i was just like it's funny because i think that one of the first scotches that really got me into whiskey i think it was the glenfiddich 12 yeah uh, i think it that's was one, one of the, the first, first bottles I bought for myself, I think it was the Glenfiddich 12. Yeah, yeah I think one of my first bottles I bought was just a regular old Jameson because it's a good flask filler. But my first like proper bottle, I would say, was a Glenfiddich 12 as well. Fun fact, uh, while we're talking about Glenfiddich, I have a bottle of Glenfiddich Millennium Vintage, which was made in 2000 and bottled in 2012. I have not opened it yet. <laughs> Oh, save it for a good occasion. Save it for please. a good occasion or <laughs> see what the the going rate of that particular bottle is, but they don't make that one anymore, let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah, so nice it's a, it's a bit, nice bit on the rarer man. side, so I have that stashed away somewhere. Uh, so, yeah, that was what I wanted to do. We're going to be trying to get that sort of conversation in on uh, every episode now or try to get it in. Uh, but as we pivot, I wanted to bring the conversation right away to the 
Disney Plus Day that happened not too long ago. And it was a bit of a letdown, depending on which side of the fence you're on, in my opinion. I'm I'm on your side, I think, most of the time. So I think we're more on the Star Wars side than yeah. the Marvel side. I mean, I do I do admire Marvel. I do like their stuff, but I'm more like excited for what Star Wars has in has in store for us. So yeah, it was. I think it was a bit of a letdown for. It was for a bit of a letdown, us, not just in terms of content, but there was no stream. Like all this information was coming out over Twitter, and. The mm. tweets weren't really in sync with what the news was saying. And when some of the trades were getting their hands on the stories in advance. So the whole thing was a bit of a disaster in terms of presentation. And then yeah. if if there wasn't much for Star Wars, and there wasn't, uh, why release the Book of Boba Fett trailer last week? Like a week before. I don't know. Yeah. And I did, I did like the trailer for the Book of Boba Fett. Um, I... I'm just I'm just looking at it. I'm just like, oh, okay, it's gonna be really Tatooine focused. Um, they didn't they didn't show us much more than just like Boba Fett meeting people uh, like from the underworld underworld of Tatooine. I'm just like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. It's just uh, and there was some like an interesting documentary about I wouldn't say interesting like about. The, the, the legacy of Boba Fett, yeah, I watched the it too. legacy of Boba Fett. It was and fine. I think it's what 20, yeah, 20 it like 25, 25 minutes long. Minutes at best. And it's funny because <laughs> nobody expected this character to be as popular as he, as he became because he had what like four to six lines in the whole franchise. And I do, I do, I do find it like interesting. They just they they even they're even surprised themselves. They're just like, okay, we never expected this. Yeah, and, and he really took um, off, especially in the expanded, like in the comics and the books, old video games. Like he really found a, a passionate fan base outside of the movies. Where, you just got to really dive into the character. Yeah, but I don't. I, I mean, I'll watch the show for sure. It's just, am I totally on board to told like to really dive into the character? I'm just, I was never so much fascinated by him compared to others. So I'm just like, uh, I'll watch it for the sake of it because I watched Mandalorian and whatnot. But yeah. I'm very. Not, it's not the show that I'm like that, that's getting me excited so much. I'm pretty uh, stoked so for it, but I'm not one. like freaking out excited over it. I'm very curious about it because Boba Fett is a character that we, generally speaking, in the canon, don't know that much about. Like we we got the broad. Yeah, I don't strokes. know that much. We don't know anything yeah. about like we know where he came from. We know where he, where came, he from. came from, but that's it. Yeah. So I'm curious to see where it's going to go. How we're going to care for this character and i think the show has a very difficult task in trying to make us care for a character as a protagonist who is generally seen as an antagonist because if they try to make boba fett a quote-unquote good guy i think there'd be a lot of backlash towards that because boba fett's always been a bit of a an anti-hero villain he's not straight up evil think, or anything yeah. but he's definitely in it for the the fame and the riches and he'll work with the highest bidder which is usually the empire so i feel like he's always been on the darker side of things and if he starts being like the good guy because he has to be the main character of a show that is definitely stepping on eggshells so i'm curious to see where it goes but based on the trailer it looks like he's trying to make some sort of crime syndicate 
Mone wants to rule through respect. Through respect, yeah, you know, that's what we noticed. Because very Godfather vibe with that. Jabba the Hutt didn't do it like like that, so he's just so he's yeah he's more like Jabba rule with fear. I'm gonna rule with respect, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna hear my opponent's opinion like in the throne room. Yeah, I did admire that part though. But other than Boba Fett, um, the only I think the the. The only other thing that really came out in that period was like cover art and storyboard designs for Obi-Wan Kenobi. And that actually leaked the day before. So it wasn't even major news for some people. <laughs> it was already out there. No, it wasn't major news. I mean, m- most of it, I mean, most of what we saw, I think we, we expected. It's yeah. nothing. We, we weren't blown away or surprised. Like it looks um, really, really nice. Don't get me wrong. Like I was like, whoa, that, that looks Really cool to see that interpretation. I I can't wait to see the vision come to life. We got 100% confirmation that the Inquisitors are going to be in the show. We're going to see events that take place either off Tatooine in the main timeline or perhaps in a flashback sequence because it looks like one of the planets is Coruscant. If we're going back to the prequel era, because why get Hayden Christensen just to play Darth Vader? I'm certain they're going to do flashbacks with uh, Hayden as Anakin. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I was amazed that we didn't get a behind-the-scenes sizzle reel, kind of like what we got with Force Awakens during the celebration in, what, like 2014. So no Mm. on-set photos, no behind-the-scenes sizzle reel, no release dates, just some concept art. And... As far as I was aware, Andor was supposed to be coming out next after Boba Fett. Maybe that's changed. Again, there's no release date. There's no behind-the-scenes sizzle reel. There's nothing. Andor has finished filming. Finished filming. Yeah, so there's nothing with that. There was no casting updates for Acolyte. There was no even target range like this is coming out in this range this is coming out here's a status update on mandalorian the flagship show of disney plus it just felt very empty like i think is the the right word there was nothing really to get jazzed about in terms of a galaxy far far away then you look over at marvel and you're getting like photos release dates new logos yeah, no, totally. Uh, I think they're still shuffling cars at Lucasfilm. They, they're just playing with their release dates and their shows. They don't really know. Um, yeah, and I wasn't even surprised that they said that the Rogue Squadron movie directed at Patty Jenkins is going to be pushed back or yeah. put on the ice for... Yeah, put on in, hold uh, indefinitely. Indefinitely. And I I'm hate just, like, that Due term. to creative... Yeah. Due to creative differences. And I'm just, myself, I'm just, dude, this is a movie about X Wings and like TIE Fighters. What, what creative What's the creative difference? Yeah. <laughs> it seems to be like, a running theme, though, with uh, the movies, eh? Like every time there seems to be a movie, yeah. it seems like there is some sort of conflict with the director, ironically, except for Ryan Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Ironically. And maybe they, they, ironically and i think maybe they regretted it at the end but yeah well that being said i mean i was still interested in what in the some of the cover art for obi-wan i mean just i don't know for you but i i, I looking at like looking at the cover art showing darth vader and obi-wan in the duel again i was just like are you sure i mean you're playing a little bit with what we believe to be true because 
Originally, I think everybody was like, no, like Obi-Wan and Vader do not meet again until episode four. But there, they're just like, no, no, they're going to meet again yeah. in between and they're going to even fight. I'm just like, oh, this I, is a little I think it's a, a little but. rocky in terms of how the canon is presented. Because if you're looking at it from episode four, for me, it doesn't quite sync when he says, like, um, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. And mm-hmm. you can play that. You can you can probably stretch that. But to me, it does feel a little bit like a stretch. But then there's a line in Return of the Jedi where Vader says, Obi-Wan once thought as you did. And we haven't seen that before. We've seen it in episode three, man. I mean, when they do, I think that he's still... Vader says, Obi-Wan thought as you did. And even during the duel in episode three, we haven't seen the idea of Obi-Wan thought Anakin could be saved because Obi-Wan went there to stop him or kill him during the Mustafar fight. So this idea that Vader could be redeemed wasn't really seen to the point where Vader knows about it. So Mm. in that sense, I think there's a possibility, but I think you can't have your cake and eat it too because if you do the Return of the Jedi angle, it does make the duel in A New Hope seem a little wonky to me because I've always seen it as they have not seen each other since the Mustafar fight. Yeah, well, I, I would prefer it that way. I mean, it, it depends. If the, the duel that they're able, they're able to show on screen is, like, fantastic, like, Mustafar epic, uh, I'm going to be satisfied. I'm going to, like, let this one go. Yeah. But It has to make yeah, sense in the story for me. Yeah, it has to make sense. I mean, if they're able to to make it work like story-wise and respect everything that's been said in the religion in the original trilogy, I'm all for it. Um, and I'm sure like Ewan McGregor is going to be back in prime condition. Uh, he's he looks really excited. He looks nice with his beard. Um, I think he's gonna he's gonna really ace his part yeah. in, in in this because he was so good as Obi Wan. I think yeah, he's gonna come back with the same kind of energy. Um, yeah, and curious about the actor, or the other actors as well. So yeah, they, they, I mean, I was expecting more, but in uh, like a part of me is like, oh, I can wait. It's fine. I, I want it to be a surprise. I want to know as little as possible. I'm curious when it's going to come out. I don't even know. I just know 2022. So maybe we can expect something out of like in the spring, summerish, maybe if I'm, we're lucky. I'm going to guess summer. That's my guess. Yeah, and spring or summer. Because we haven't yeah. seen anything for Ender. I thought Ender was supposed to be coming out in March, April. But if we haven't seen anything from it, I wouldn't be surprised if they've probably shifted the schedules a bit. Maybe put Kenobi first and then put Ander after because I think there's more hype around Kenobi and they want to have that conversation <laughs> first. No surprise. No surprise. <laughs> uh, like I'm still excited for Andor, but more excited for Kenobi. <laughs> Yeah, same here. More excited same for here. Andor than I am Other for the than, Boba Fett show. Um, yeah, you know what? I would, I, I will go this way as well. I yeah. think I am. Tony Gilroy involved Andor in the Andor show. Andor didn't have too much character in Rogue One, and they wanted to make the Andor show feel like a World War II spy thriller. And this is where you can really put in those character moments. So, I think there's a lot of opportunity to develop the world and develop the character. So that's why I'm more excited for Andor at the end of the day. 
Yeah, no, I'll I'll, uh, I'll be I'll agree with you on that. I think Endor is going to be maybe more interesting and innovative than the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, but so, time will tell, see. I guess. You mentioned uh, just very briefly. You mentioned the uh, the epic duel at the end of Episode Three between Kenobi and Anakin, and it is an epic duel. But perhaps unpopular opinion, I actually prefer the Kenobi Skywalker Dooku duel in Episode Three. Mm. And it's a very simple reason. I find it feels a bit more grounded. It feels a bit more like an original trilogy lightsaber duel. There's less extravagance going on. It's a more to the ground. And there's um, dialogue as they're fighting. Mm-hmm. In a lot of the prequel fights, it's just swinging lightsabers around. But this duel had, like, the King Lightsaber and Duke who's talking to Anakin. And it feels straight from like episode five or something when Vader's toying with Luke. And I think that duel does not get enough attention. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting theory because again, um, I wouldn't say theory opinion, sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, because I think there's, it's also part of the plot in a way that Dooku is actually trying to, he's playing with Anakin to make him use his anger. So in a way it's Dooku almost like, like pushed Anakin to use his emotions a little more and like maybe even start his his path to the dark side in the first few minutes of the film so yeah I would I would go with that that it's it's plot wise it's it's a pretty heavy fight uh, because it really completes the arc of uh, of Anakin in more ways that we expected. Yeah. So yeah, I would, I would be, I would agree, I would agree with this as well. well it's, thank you. It's, it's a nice fight. It is a nice fight. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you and I, we grew up with uh, the Dark Mole fight with Duel of Fates in episode one. So this one is still like <laughs> yeah. high in the list. It's really high on the uh, list. <laughs> with, yeah, I would say Luke versus Vader in the Empire for sure. Well, the Musafar fight I always really liked. Um, and I would say even maybe an unpo- another unpopular opinion, but I would say I think the Kylo Ren versus Finn and Rey in Episode Seven. No, I really like that on fight the too. snowy on the snowy mm. planet. I really like how it was shot and handled that fight scene. I think it's really good. I particularly yeah. like Adam Driver's choreography in that fight. He's such a mm-hmm. presence. Like he's just swinging that saber yeah. around as if it's you feel the weight behind it. And I think it helps that they're actually using uh, the force effects lightsabers. Like, so the rod is actually emitting real light onto their bodies, and when they're hitting the mm-hmm. sabers against each other, they're actually hitting the the LEDs against each other. So it feels like there's like weight behind those swings, and Kylo's just like swinging it down like one handed, as if he's carrying all this weight down. It's crashing down on him. Combine it with the red and the snow and the dark. I'm like, ah, I think this lightsaber fight's beautiful. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. No, it's a, it's a great. Yeah. I need to watch Force Awakens again. I, do, um, I definitely need so, to watch all of them again. <laughs> no, <laughs> all of all them, yeah. <laughs> Most of Star Wars them. Marathon, go. Yeah. Um, so for for Disney Plus Day, uh, discussing Marvel, um, I know you've seen the Eternals. I haven't, I have. but I started Shang Chi, which um, I've also seen, and I'm. <laughs> Uh, I'm not done with it yet, so don't spoil it. But so far, I'm really liking it. The the, the martial arts choreography and the richness of the characters. Yeah. It's really good story. How far really did you get like into this it? One. So I know like how much I can talk about. Uh, he just arrived in Macau, so okay. there's not 
so it's still pretty on early on, not even halfway. So I won't say but, too uh, much to, for a spoiler or anything, but Tony Young's character, wow. Okay, yeah, yeah I can't wait to see more like, because, again, like in what in the, the first scenes I, I've seen, I mean, he's pretty quiet. We don't we don't hear much out of him, but yeah, I mean, Tony very, Tony Young is yeah, is very interesting character. I'll, I'll say that by is, as the movie goes it, on because. He's very much absent in the the first act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then when he comes into play, with the screen time he has, you're like, man, I get you. Like, what a character. Yeah. yeah. So for me, at the end of the day, I would rank him up there with Killmonger and Thanos. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, but it's Tony Lung or Ch- Tony Chung. I, I I've keep always said Young, but like it's Young. But Tony, I might be wrong. Tony. Like Tony, Tony Young. Young, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it's a, he's, I think, one of the greatest actors of uh, Chinese and Hong Kong cinema. Definitely. That guy. He's up there. Yeah. Uh, uh, they'll, yeah. But yeah, I really like, uh, I really like it so far, but I'll tell you my final opinion once I'm done. But you, The Eternals. Um, yeah, so how, I would go what see did The you Eternals. Think of, what do you think of this one? Okay, so Eternals, as we know, has been extremely mixed in terms of, critical Mm -hmm. and audience reaction some people love it some people hate it for me it seems like eternals is going to be the last jedi of the mcu some people think it's the that much huh? yeah some people think it's the best marvel movie some people think it's the worst marvel movie and i would i don't usually give out great numbers because i don't like to put val like a critical value on or a numerical critical value on someone's work that they've done i think Cinema is more than just a number or a grade. But it helps to put a number to it when you're explaining things. So if I were to put a number on it, I would put a 7.5 on 10. Okay, so you liked it, but it's not the best. Yeah, That's I, what you're saying. I think the movie had very big ideas, um, very interesting questions, and a lot of philosophies. And honestly, I think the main problem with it was the Marvel formula. Because whenever they would be bringing these interesting ideas, the usual Marvel tropes actually got in the way. Mm. So they'd be talking about this greater issue at hand, and a big generic CGI fight is going to happen. And I'm like, we were going somewhere. We were, we were having a mm. conversation where it wasn't black and white. There was a lot of ambiguity to what was going on. And then the Deviants would come in or something, and the Deviants are the villains of the movie, and they're like CGI animals, and they mm. just end up punching the animals. And it's like, okay, I guess. So the Deviants ended up feeling more like plot devices. They weren't even characters. They were devices to move the, the narrative around. movie was also probably 15 minutes too long. But... The concept and the themes and the questions it asked at the end of the day were very interesting for a Marvel movie. And I hope that Marvel continues to push the envelope because Eternals was definitely pushing an envelope. Did it succeed all the way? No. But an attempt was made and it wasn't a misfire in my opinion. It didn't stick the landing, but it was still engaging. So... From what you're telling me is that 
after this movie, well, we still have Spider-Man No Way Home still mm -hmm. coming soon, but after Spider-Man, you're saying that there's going to be a new era of Marvel movies closer to what we've got with Eternals, where they're going to try something else. I'm not saying they term, will, story -wise. but I would, I hope they do. Okay. Yeah. Like the, I think the, where the movie is going in terms of like after credit scene and end scene stuff is more phase five that's going to be happening later on. I don't think anything like that's happening for phase four. I think phase four is actually just a lot of setup for phase five. And it's a lot of first, yeah, first, first stories first for set of There's the no characters. Avengers movie yeah. in this yeah. one. So I think this no. is planting a seed for phase five. But I do hope as we go on, there's going to be more movies that are challenging the status quo. And I hope Marvel steps away from their formula because the formula was very obvious in the fact that it was getting in the way of the storytelling, I think. Hmm. Yeah. All right. But I'm going to be the, curious to watch it. Yeah. In terms of the cast, uh, like Gemma Chan was really good. Richard Madden was really good. Uh, some of the characters got sidelined a little bit because there's 10 Eternals. But... Um, I would say three or four, probably three carried the movie. Another four were kind of there. And then another like three-ish were kind of sidelined. Mm. Yeah. I have, an, I have an idea, I think, which one you're, uh, you're mentioning. Uh, but, and I, I would figure like the Angela, Angelina Jolie characters in the middle. Yeah, the she's middle. in the middle. Or, like, uh, yeah. She's not sidelined completely, but she is not carrying this movie at all. Yeah, yeah, she's kind of just in the middle. Uh, all right, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'll save it for uh, Disney Plus. I think I won't go see it in theaters. I'll wait till it's available on on Disney Plus. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do with Jungle Cruise. I'm probably gonna watch that like this weekend or something. <laughs> Finally get around. Uh, to do it watching. with your with your girl. Yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. it's a good it's a good it's a good movie. It's a good flick with your girl. Yeah. It's it's an adventure film. It's still good. But yeah, we're talking about Jungle Cruise. And the Rock. Oh, I think we got we a have few things to yeah. discuss about the Rock. Well, I'll, I'll yeah. mention it briefly. I also watched Red Notice because apparently I've been watching a lot of movies. Yeah. And meh. <laughs> it's yeah, it's too much, right? It's too much. It's it's you know, not funny. I'll, I'll say it's this: the first bombastic. twenty minutes are decent. I'll, I'll give it that. Okay. The first twenty minutes are. I was actually like, hey, this ain't so bad. I, I can dig mm. this. And then the movie just kept going and kept going. And eventually it was exhausting. It's not mm. bad. It's junk food, like at the highest order of junk food. But it was so predictable. And not only predictable, it was convenient, was the word I used in the, the review on Screen Hub. <laughs> Um, convenient convenient because for example um, very early in the movie there's a chase sequence between The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and they're hanging off the side of a building and Ryan Reynolds being like the nimbler guy is able to get to the other side and The Rock is hanging there he, he can't make the jump he's, he's too big and the camera sort of like tilts and he looks over to his left and there's a convenient ladder for him to climb down there, there's no struggle there's no challenge it's just like oh there's a ladder and things like that happen all the time in Red Notice. There is always something to get them out. And the movie's aware of it too, but it doesn't make it better. They're looking for a thing near the end of the movie. And Ryan Reynolds, they're like, well, where are we going? Like, what are we supposed to look for? And Ryan Reynolds goes, I don't know, look for the box that says MacGuffin on it. And they literally find a box that says what they're looking for on it. 
Mm. <laughs> and yeah, too convenient. <laughs> I I feel like the attempt was made at humor for genre trope, mm. but it ended up just being lazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not super excited for this one. I saw it on Netflix, and I think my girlfriend was maybe interesting or asking me about it, but I'm just, nah. I watched it just out of, like, uh, I'm going to write a review on it, like, write that red notice hashtag, and I have no desire to watch it again. On the flip side, I also watched Mortal Kombat 2021, which was a bad Mm -hmm. movie. But I went in with really low expectations. I ended up liking it. And I would totally watch Mortal Kombat again. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Like, well, it was you know, really I've never dumb. been a Mortal Kombat kid, so I it's really dumb. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I, I I've <laughs> enjoyed the video games. I've so. enjoyed the video games. Yeah. And I've always been once that I appreciated the the lore more than the gore. As they say, there's two Mortal Kombat fans. There's the lore fans and the gore fans. And I think mm-hmm. the movie was more into the lore side of things. It certainly is gory. But it was, it was, the main problems I had were script. Like, the, the main character was boring, and the script was, eh. But for all its faults, it was kind of fun. Like, I was enjoying myself. Uh, I was entertained. And the first ten minutes are actually awesome. Like, mm-hmm. the first ten you minutes are I... really well done, and the end fight scene is so ridiculously entertaining. You know, pardon my French, but I don't. I know jack shit about Mortal Kombat. So I'm not, I haven't played the games. Never saw the 1990s film, uh, so I don't know. I I'm not. I'm not called to it. It's, right. I don't know. Maybe I should, but it's it's a it's a stretch for, for me. I think that movie is a fun movie to watch with friends. Like you, I don't think you can watch it by yourself, but if you have someone to watch it with, I think it's a fun time. Like I don't know. I enjoyed it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I feel like I've been talking a lot uh, about what I've been watching, though. What? Like, <laughs> tell me about like, what have you been watching lately, man? What I've been watching. Uh, but first and foremost, I want to finish my discussion on on The Rock because mm. we've been mentioning true. The notice and we did um, have something to talk about Jungle The Rock. Cruise. Yes. <laughs> the Rock. So let's talk about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Because yeah, he said uh, some weird shit. Be, <laughs> he wants to be James Bond 007 after Daniel Craig. And we'll let uh, a moment of silence follow that statement i mean i have the respect for, i have respect for the guy but i'm just what he's is he expecting I is he expecting he's drinking too much to say that, yes uh, terramana tequila <laughs> maybe but i mean you're not he's not british i think that's the main he thing honestly he's not british at yeah. the end of the day i think that's the biggest thing like if he was british, british i think we would one, take the conversation a bit more seriously but bond is british end of conversation and well, sure, there are actors yeah. who aren't British who've played James who Bond. Who British, yeah. Um, Lazenby's Australian, right? Yes, yeah, Australian with the British accent. Uh, Sean Connery's Irish. Scottish. Mm-hmm. So we've had... had and, and well, uh, Timothy Dalton is Welsh, and with Dalton, if I Welsh, yes. remember correct, uh, correctly. So we've yeah. definitely had actors who haven't been English who have portrayed the character. And I think... Uh, Lazenby being Australian is the furthest we've gone from that. Uh, but most people, and to Lazenby's credit, he did a very good accent. Uh, he didn't sound Australian to me. But I, can you imagine The Rock trying to do an English accent? <laughs> no. No. But I'm just curious, and I, I know that I think 
he's done a lot of things and I'm sure like he, his portfolio is getting bigger and bigger by the day. But I'm just, is he really thinking or get, looking himself in the mirror saying, okay, I could be James Bond. I look like James Bond. I mean, nobody thinking about James Bond is thinking about The Rock no. at the same time. It's just, it doesn't go together. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> like I think he'd be a solid villain in the vein of Batista's or a henchman. Character. He yeah. would be like a good if played pro, uh, like like the Dave Batista character, yeah. Inspector. I mean, played correctly, I think he could be like a menacing henchman. But I wouldn't, see, or maybe a villain, as you said. But nothing, nothing else yeah. than that. I it, think Johnson is also too large. I don't even. I don't. Yeah, this might sound a little brutal, but I don't see Johnson as an actor. I see him as a brand. And I think if you were to put Johnson into a Bond movie, it would be distracting because we would only see Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Totally. And I, 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 and I don't mean, mean it as an insult or anything. Like, the dude is incredibly busy doing so many things. But every time I see him, I don't... Like, in Red Notice, he was just playing every other role he's played in the last five years. There, the yeah. character he played in Red Notice was barely any different from Hobbs from Hobbs and Shaw mm-hmm. who in turn was nothing no, like true. his character in Fast Five yeah no it's true it's true uh, I mean it's not a, he's not a bad actor but I mean he's his characters are pretty you're saying the word consistent or convenient it's yeah mm-hmm. it's pretty he, he doesn't it's take convenient risks. convenient films for him yeah. and the consistent kind of appearances and roles yeah, for his him. So roles it's, it's feel very um he picks his roles by committee, it seems. Like, what's going to generate the most buzz and what's going to get the most butts in seats? Like, can you imagine Johnson mm. doing, like, a, an indie art house action movie? Because I can't. Yeah. No, no, I can't either. So, so yeah. yeah. I don't, we'll I keep don't see our eyes open like, for, at the end of the day. No, me neither. Me neither. Uh, who we'll do keep our eyes open for the next Bond well, a lot of people are talking about Henry Cavill because he, d- like Henry Cavill said he, d- he wants to be Bond. Yeah, he would be a, open to it. an interview the other day. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see if Eon and Amazon will go that, that road, say, okay, everybody wants Cavill. He wants to do it. We'll pick him. He looks the part and he does. And he's a great mm-hmm. actor as well. So I'm just, it could be Cavill. Um, at this point, it's just that he's, Pretty I don't busy. know how old is he. It's um, pretty. Uh, well, yeah, one pretty busy late and two thirties, if I had to guess, probably thirty-eight. Okay, so he's still okay. He's still okay age-wise. Um, but yeah, I, it's just that it wouldn't be surprised. I like the, the surprise aspect of finding like a brand new actor to play James Bond. So if they do pick him, I'll be happy. I'm just like, well, okay. So I know what to expect. It's mm-hmm. Enriqueville. He's going to be awesome. But there's no. Surprise or wonder, you know, yeah. I'm just, I know what it's going to be like. In but. terms of the bookies in the UK, because they like writing these things, it seems like a lot of the favorites for the new Bond are established actors or up and coming actors. There's mm-hmm. not really any unknowns who are in the running. The The guy from Bridgerton is currently a favorite last time I checked. And Tom Hardy is the second one, which I don't see Tom Hardy as Bond either. I don't see him. I, I really, really like him as yeah. an actor. He's done some really good stuff, but no, I, I don't see Tom him. Tom Hardy as Bond. would be a I, he's fantastic too hard. villain. 
he would be he would be a fantastic, fantastic. villain like talking about a guy like that's brutal and that that british swagger mm-hmm. who can kill you i mean yeah i feel like tom hardy would really be an equally suave but menacing villain like he could be dressed like a reinvention of alec trevelyan in goldeneye yeah. but like bring him into the daniel craig realistic and brutal yeah. era you have like a character like him yeah where be, he's, he would be he awesome. has that like silent intensity but he's dressed sharp at the same time so i would love to see tom yeah. hardy as a villain yeah. uh i would also really like henry cavill as bond i would also like richard madden as bond those are my two favorites richard madden i would see him better i think because he yeah the eternal character who played also in game of thrones yeah. um I think he's younger, and I think he's the the fact that he played in less like epics. He's a bit more of an unknown like, less, versus he's mo- more of an unknown, and I think he has like all the opportunity to prove himself. Yeah. And yeah, I think he would be good reaching Madden. I think the more and more I'm like, I would be. At did peace you ever watch with, um, with, with the Bodyguard? On Netflix? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was only one season. One season, but fantastic. <laughs> fantastic run. Fantastic yeah, it was run. really good. And I think that was the first time I watched it. I was like, someone over at eon give this man a call give him some consideration <laughs> I, give him a martini yeah um, <laughs> can do the job and if i were to put a third ranking i would probably say tom hiddleston based off of his performance in the night manager they won't pick him though i i, I for for years since the night manager uh, because that was what back in 2016 16? yeah uh, i was praying yeah it was a while back yeah. uh, i prayed for tom hiddleston to be picked as, as james bond after craig but he's again i think it's just rumors i'm not 100 percent sure but he did meet with barbara broccoli and michael g wilson the producers of james yeah. bond and i think that they didn't click I've read the that relationship too. wasn't great, yeah. so I don't know why. Because he looked really, really sweet kind of actor. Mm-hmm. He looks really, really gentle, really charismatic and nice. But no, uh, and then I don't know. Mark Strong sure. apparently went in as well, and he lost an opportunity because of Daniel Craig because they went out and drinking the night before or something like that. Mark Strong wasn't ready for it, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Strong would be a good villain for a James Bond film, though. He, he doesn't look like James Bond, but he could be like a great villain. A villain, or he uh, could be the next M. Or he could be the next M after Wild Finds. But even Mark Strong, he's getting, well, I mean, he's getting, he's getting older, but you don't need an H. Yeah, you could only need an H to play, no, <laughs> to play M, as Judy Dench taught us. <laughs> but yeah, um, Curious to see where they'll go, but I think we'll have many more months to come before we have a final Yeah, they're uh, not making announcements. that decision until like mid-2022 probably. Uh, yeah, for sure. But um, no, you've been asking me on stuff that I've seen recently. Um, I've seen Finch, the Tom Hanks movie on Apple TV+. Yeah, Plus. Tell me about that because I don't have um, Apple TV+. So tell me about that. Yeah. Good film. Yeah. Uh, I think it's... If you're... You, you can think of a real live action uh, version of Wally. I think you like Finch would be a close, a close contender. Um, it's it's a cute film. It's po- uh, post apocalyptic. It's 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 supposed to be really dark, but it's Tom Hanks. So you have that the the, the normal Tom Hanks charisma. 
Um, and he's an engineer building robots um, during the end of the world, uh, basically to take care of his dog. Because it's not a spoiler because it's revealed pretty early on in the film. Um, but he's sick and he's going to eventually die. Uh, but he's just like, okay, I have a dog and I don't want him to be alone. So I'm going to build robots f to take care of him. And <laughs> the, um, the robot is voiced by an actor. I, I keep forgetting his name. He played... Jesus, what did he play in? Um, it's going to come back to me. Uh, he was the evil brother in the movie Get Out. Do you remember Get Out? Yeah, I do. The, yeah, I know you're talking okay. about. Um, okay, he was so also he was the evil in brother First in the family. Banshee, right? Yes, yeah. that's the guy. I know okay, I forgot his name. He's also the but drummer he's... in Landry's band in Friday Night Lights. Oh, deep cut. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. He's playing. He's voicing the robot, and he's. It's really well done. The voiceover, like uh, the the voice acting of the robot, it's really good. Um, so basically, it's a fun. It's a fun film. I would say like a three and a half stars. Um, on it's five, well right? acted by on five. Yeah, it's it's well acted by Tom Hanks. It's cute. It's well shot. It's the the visual effects are pretty good. Uh, it's a cute film. I wouldn't say it's that dark you people expect like a dark film out of this it's a cute film it's a wally -E but live version it's 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 quite nice, yeah, nice. so i watched this so yeah the, have a have a um, have a watch for this one and apart from that um a lot of tv shows because that's something maybe a bigger discussion we can have eventually with a guest but the quality of tv that we have these days as much, yeah, same, same wise. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to discuss Foundation right now. I'm going to wait for the next episode while the, the first season is still airing. There's only one episode left. Um, but shows like Succession, Yellowstone that you're going to talk yeah. about. Um, this Is Us that I'm watching with my girlfriend right now on and Netflix. I'm re-watching some shows uh, as well. Like I'm re-watching Peaky Blinders because Peaky Blinders is freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I watched only one episode. So oh, man, <laughs> I'm late to the you know, Peaky Blinders you have game. To watch I know, Peaky I know, but it's, I know, I know. I like the style of Peaky Blinders. I like the the accent and whatnot. Tom but, Hardy's in yeah uh, in season two. He is, huh? Yeah, yeah for figures, yeah, he would be perfect yeah. for this show. Um, but yeah, no, the, the the quality of TV, everything I've been watching. Uh, TV wise, I mean, sometimes it's it's well, still it some of the we're in a golden age of airtime. But it's true. Yeah. It's true. I mean, what like whatever you stream, I mean, sometimes it's even better than the movie that you decide to rent for for the night. Um, that is, of course, well acted, but maybe not as well crafted as some of the TV shows that you've seen um, in multiple streaming, ser streaming services. But yeah, no, it's we have some great material to discuss. And there's a whole for, bunch of shows TV. coming on the horizon. If you are very much into that pop culture conversation. Because we got the Wheel of Time coming out on Friday. There's going to be a three-episode drop mm -hmm. on Prime. Uh, the Expanse is coming back early December. And I cannot say this enough. The Expanse is probably the best show on TV. Period. The Expanse. The Expanse. Okay. Like, you have to watch The Expanse. The first episode is okay. But as a whole, The Expanse is fantastic. It's a five-star show, in my mm -hmm. opinion outstanding in terms of acting writing writing in particular it's one of the best written shows easily well 
if we say if you say five stars, okay, no, no. the first show is watch it. <laughs> like, I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, we got Book of Boba Fett as we mentioned as well. Uh, the Witcher season two is coming, mm-hmm. and then which see Witcher season two definitely looks better than season one. So all of a sudden we have these yeah. sci-fi and pop culture fantasy shows coming out that are just all coming in. And not only that, because you mentioned Yellowstone, but there's going to be a Yellowstone prequel show coming out as well in December, starring Sam Elliott. <laughs> Sam Elliott, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> he would be the best. <laughs> because from Tombstone. Uh, yeah, yeah so It's going to be taking place in the, uh, the 1800s, and it's going to be more like a Western show, like an old-timey 1800s-style Western. And I'm there like, that's a lot of TV to watch, man. <laughs> That's a lot of TV. A lot of TV shows people are talking to me about stuff I haven't seen. People are like, "Oh, watch Ozark." I didn't watch Ozark. Yeah, everyone keeps telling me to watch Ozark. I haven't started it either. I haven't started Ozark. Um, right now, I would say, what am I watching? Yeah, apart from Foundation, I'm watching Succession, which is yeah. really I'm interesting. I'm behind on Succession, but Succession is great. Well written. Uh, season three, I think, so far is is starting on the. I would say on the low note, it's. It's not as engaging as the earlier two seasons. It's 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 taking its time, which is not a bad thing. But after five episodes, you're just like, okay, come on, give mm. me some more, give me some more, give me some more, uh, and we'll know they'll they'll give it eventually. It's just it takes a while. Um, but it, <laughs> the, the I mean the 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 the, the col- how colorful the characters are. And all like their Machiavellian bullshit. Uh, it's the, these characters are so funny in like how they're they, they're perceived as grand and powerful in their old little universe. Um, you always you you sometimes like feel like pit, pity for them. Uh, but it's a well-written show for a succession for sure. I would if you're fans of shows like I would say Billions, Billions yeah. Suits, um, something close to that. What else Mad can I pick? I would say, yeah, Mad Men. Yeah. I would go with Mad Men as well. Yeah, if you're fans of these three shows, Succession shows, is on your list for sure. Shows about yeah. how power can corrupt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's no, a good one. Yeah. Um, what else? Witcher, you mentioned Witcher. Funny, because Witcher, I wasn't blown away by the first season. I think I, because of the first season, it's essentially eight standalone episodes. Some episodes, I was like, yeah. that was really good. And some episodes, I was like, that was... Average at best. Average, yeah, at best. Average. Like I think yeah. out of what eight episodes in the first season, there's probably only three that stand out as worthy of rewatching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, based off of the trailers for season two, it definitely looks like it's improved. So I'm excited to see if it is improved. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'll, you know what? I'll give it a chance. Maybe yeah. when it comes out, I'll watch the first episodes, see what, I know, what, uh, what is going on. But Tormund Giantsbane from Game of Thrones with the big orange beard. I know he's going to be in the first episode. Tormund, yeah. <laughs> Him and giving the eyebrows to Brienne. <laughs> I killed a giant when I was 10. <laughs> We're going to have babies and they're going to be giant babies. Yes. <laughs> the nonsense that man said. Oh, yeah. So, I, I do like that that character in Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. So I know he's going to be in the first episode. So I'm, I'm, um, I'm cautiously optimistic about Witcher Season 2. It looks like it's going to be addressing a lot of the criticisms. 
Yeah, yeah, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll have it. Wa- I'll have a watch yeah. out of curiosity. I'm watching uh, Yellowstone um, right now because that just started. I feel like I'm the only person who's watching Yellowstone, which is weird considering <laughs> I think it you had are something like what, I think you 14 are, yeah. million people watched the season four premiere, which is absolutely bonkers because the season three premiere of Yellowstone had five million viewers. So I'm guessing over the pandemic, I, everyone started watching Yellowstone. It seems you're the f- the only one of my friends who listen who watches yeah. Yellowstone. And the only reason I watch um, Yellowstone is because Taylor Sheridan is a co-creator and a producer on the show, and Taylor Sheridan's put mm-hmm. out a lot of good stuff like Hell or High Water, Wind River, and Sicario. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Yellowstone straddles that resort. line between being like a gritty ranch neo western. With just a little sprinkle of soap inside of it. So when an episode mm-hmm. ends, you're like, oh, but I want to know what happens next. All right. Yeah. yeah. And Kevin well, Costner. It's a good Western show. Yeah, it's a good Western show. And I think what's really ironic, I think if you look at Yellowstone at first glance, it seems like a really like Republican show. Like everyone's got big guns and cowboy hats and they're living on a ranch and everything. And then you actually start to like critically analyze Yellowstone. You're like, the show is actually not that because the whole thing is about mm. at the end of the day, a core issue is indigenous rights. Mm. It's about the natives whose land was taken from them. At the end of the day, that's mm. the core issue at the, the, the end of the, the biggest issue because Costner's Kevin Costner is the main character. He's, operating this mega ranch that's like disgustingly huge and he's like stupid filthy rich and he's not per se a (laughs) bad guy or anything he's just like he's the main character he runs this ranch but the ranch is on land that was once indigenous land and the natives and there are a lot of indigenous actors on the show including uh, Gil Birmingham who was also in uh, Hell or High Water he was Jeff Bridges uh, partner Partner, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He plays the the chief, and he's willing to play dirty as well. So all these characters, they're not just black and white. Everyone's got like a, a dirt under the fingernails, and it's like I understand everybody's claim because Costner's character, John Dutton, he's like, well, my family's been here for six generations. That conflict is no longer my conflict. I, like I've been here, and I haven't taken the land away from anybody. And the natives are kind of like. Well, at the end of the day, your family is still responsible for taking that land away from us. And we want to get Mm -hmm. that land back because it's ancestrally speaking ours. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it does bring up an interesting conversation, especially as a Canadian in 2021, where there's been a lot of conversation about indigenous rights and indigenous conflict. And I think it's a conversation worth having. And it's nice to see a mainstream show shine a light on that conversation yeah it's a modern take on actual crisis humanitarian i would say crisis or just big debates and discussion yeah. but yeah especially in canada it's relevant to 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 have that show yeah. and that discussion and like I said, so, there's enough soap that when the show is over you're like but what's going to happen with so-and-so character it, it doesn't take itself so seriously like peaky blinders which is a very serious show it still has that mm. like tv vibe to it that's the best way i can put it 
<laughs> oh, that's good. All right. I know, I know I promised you all I'm going to have like a, a look and try Yellowstone. I'm just looking for time to do so, but I promise. Um, Amen. It's been an hour and three minutes. I'm just wondering, um, before we wrap this up, I think I missed something in terms of things we need to discuss. Did I forget anything? Movies, big blockbusters that we need well, to discuss? Or, we've been talking about it before, know. and we can just bring it up quickly. I'm not sure how much I'm going to say about it. But they did drop the trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes, yeah. they did. Of course, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? It's it, funny that we forgot to mention. I have oh. actually been actively avoiding watching the trailer. Despite mm-hmm. that, I know basically everything that's happened in the trailer because people just... In, the internet. Because of the internet, <laughs> not Facebook, the internet, yeah. <laughs> but because of the... Um, the way our algorithm pro- is probably triggered being so ingrained into pop culture, it's impossible mm-hmm. not to, based on like the sites we visit or the way our Google news feed just knows us. So it's like, yeah. So what should we discuss if you don't want to see the, the what well, should like, I haven't seen the trailer discuss. and I've, I've seen <laughs> Willem Dafoe as Goblin in the trailer. Like I, I'm But totally it was already it was already suggested. But like I, yeah, I've it was seen already that suggested already. as he was gonna be there. Yeah. Yeah, like I I've, it's the same costume. Yeah, it's the same he costume. looks exactly the same. Um but not only but that, there's, there's also, gonna be the other villains as well. Like um Sandman's gonna be Jesus, in it. all the other w- villains you say? Yeah. Pretty much all of them except I would say except uh, the, the <laughs> the Venom out of Spider-Man 3. But yeah. apart from that, Doc Ock is back. Yeah. Well, Green probably Goblin James is Franco back. as well, right? <laughs> I would be surprised, though. I know, I know which goblin. shot you're referencing yeah. because there's a second... Well, we don't even know which Goblin it is. We know it, it's a Goblin. We don't know if it's the... Hobgoblin or the Yeah, the one from The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, the Han's but, Goblin, which was never a fan of. Let's, I'm putting that out there. Wasn't good, but, I mean, if they bring back Willem Dafoe, it would be... I mean, it would make sense to bring back the the Harry Osborn from Sam Raimi's yeah. um, Spider-Man, so, like, James Franco. There's also but a lot of conversation that it me. could be Ned. Ned? Yeah, his, uh, his friend, Ned. Like, his best friend. Oh. Yeah. That he could become the, the Green Goblin? Or, or, or Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin, okay. Yeah. What's the difference between the Green Goblin and the Hobgoblin? Uh, it depends on the comic at the end of the day, but... Sorry. <laughs> a little bit of phlegm going on over there. Um, yeah. It's been a while since <laughs> I've read the comics or seen the cartoons, but they're not the same character at the end of the day. Um, Hobgoblin is a bit more gargoyle-looking, if I'm not mistaken, in the cartoon that I remember watching as a kid. Uh, it's, it's been a while since I know the exact details, but I know the Hobgoblin is not just the Green Goblin. He's uh, It's a little different. Mm. Um, so I've seen things that suggest maybe that is, that's Nen who's gone to a darker place, maybe learning that his friend has been portrayed as this killer of Mysterio sort of makes him become an antagonist, not towards Peter, but towards the people who have wronged him. And that sort of sets him down a darker path. Yeah. Um, and there's also going to be, like I said, Sandman's going to be in it, Reptile's going to be in it, uh, yeah. Electro's going to yeah. be in it. Yeah, yeah Electro in a new costume, I, I dig that. But I'm not sure it's going to be James Franco, because, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that James Franco was getting, like, becoming a persona non grata yeah, uh, in Hollywood. Yeah. 
So I was even I wasn't even sure he was making movies anymore. Uh, I'd be very surprised if year. it's James Franco. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't I'm not bet. sure. I would yeah. put a bigger bet on Dane DeHaan showing up. Yeah, I would say with either him or there's a spinoff with the Hobgoblin, which is somebody else. But yes, Do you think there's I a chance that, that well. Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio could show up? I know he quote unquote died in the last movie. But do you think you actually? I wouldn't died? do it. I mean, it's it's. I would. That would be like an extravaganza of villains. I mean, we're already uh, at like an a villains movie. Of villains. Uh, I mean, yeah. at this point, correct me if I'm wrong. But if we have Sandman, we have Reptile, we have Electro, we have Ock, and we have Goblin, and mm-hmm. we know that Keaton's Vulture is still in jail. So hmm. on screen, we know for sure there's five. We're one short. We're going to have a Sinister Sticks movie. Like, at the end of the day, this is what this movie's going to be, right? Mm-hmm. This is the movie that they wanted to make for years during the Garfield era. They wanted a Sinister Sticks movie. All the pieces are in place for a Sinister Sticks movie now. Yeah, you're, you're right. So you're saying that there's how many? Two, two villains missing? One villain missing per the trailer because we have... Green Goblin, Doc Ock, mm-hmm. Lizard, Electro, and uh, Sandman. And but and there's this mysterious Hobgoblin yes, mysterious or Goblin figure. We're not goblin. sure. Yeah, We're not but, sure how that yeah. ties into things. Yeah, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. count a secondary Goblin as a member of the Six. But if they bring Keaton's Vulture into the situation, that's Six. I think we have the answer to the question of who's going to be the sixth one, though. Yeah. Because you've seen the movie, right? The, it's going to be Venom, right? Uh, well, it's I going to be Tom Ven- Venom. Like, is this one of the biggest well, spoilers they're saving for, for last? Canonically speaking, part of the Sinister Six. But it wouldn't make sense that he would make an appearance because they teased it in, in um, Venom Let It Be yeah, Carnage at the scene. end. That they're going to mix. They're going to mix the Venom sh- universe with Spider-Man. Venom so could they, could, they could make him show up. An anti-hero. He could show yeah. up as not as a villain to Parker, but n- more as someone who wants to stop these bad things from happening. But he's yeah. not per se going to be an ally to Parker. They just have the same mm-hmm. objective. That doesn't mean they're friends. The same objective, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, exactly like in the comics or the animated yeah, series. Yeah, because sometimes Venom's a villain. Sometimes he's an anti-hero. Venom's never a hero. Sometimes he works with Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but it's a tumultuous. It's a testy relationship at the the best of times. So yeah, Venom could show up. I, I'm sure they're gonna save yeah. Venom. But I wouldn't say like Venom's last, gonna be. But the, he's gonna show up. I wouldn't say he's gonna be the sixth villain. No, no, he's gonna show up. Maybe like at the very, maybe like the very conclusion of the film or something mm. like that. He's gonna show up for the final battle, and that's or it. even the after credit uh, scene. Or the after credit scene. Uh, yeah, I think the final weird, battle. Like two after- I think the final battle. It's like it's gonna be Tom Holland writing the movie, and then with Tom, the Tom odds are Warrior yeah the odds Andrew are Garfield, against him, yeah. and then. Garfield, Maguire show up and they're, they're just going to like swing in and be like, we heard you need some help or something like that. And then it's going to be three spider folk against mm-hmm. the Sinister Six. They didn't, they didn't show them in the trailers, but for sure that's what's planned, right? I mean, there's no other way. At they won't go point, around it. 
at this point. I, I mean, think everybody's asking for people it. People would riot if they if didn't it happen. do yeah. that. It would be the biggest like setup layup in term, to use a basketball term. Like you have the setup, the ball's in the air. Someone just has to go in alley oop, and if they don't put Maguire or Garfield in the movie. The ball is just going to hit the ground and the stadium is going to be quiet and you're just going to hear thunk, 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 thunk. And it's going to be like the Simpsons. Somebody get the pitchforks. <laughs> but is it, is it, do you think it's going to be both of them or just one? Like, are, are, are there going to be three Spider-Mans or just one? Because I, know, I think there'll yeah. be three. Like three, Garfield yeah, okay, keeps so Garfield saying he's and not going to be in yeah. it. Garfield's like, no, I'm he not is, in the movie. Yeah. Stop asking me, but... Even if he is in the movie, he's going to be contractually obligated to deny it. To say no. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So he's not going to say, yes, I'm in the movie, no matter how many times he's asking about it. So until the movie comes out, we can't take anything Garfield says for granted. And Garfield is the one who's being asked a lot because he's doing press tours for other movies. And people keep asking, so are you in Spider-Man? Meanwhile, Maguire is not doing any press tours. So nobody's asking him anything. <laughs> he's not this guy, man, this actor... I, I, you know what? After the Great Gatsby, I don't even think he's done anything. Nothing that comes to be required to be on it. Yeah. I think he's been really quiet uh, after his Spider-Man run. We didn't see him in in, in so much in many films. He did Gatsby and Sea Biscuit? Those are the two that come to mind. Yeah, and yes, yeah, I remember Sea Biscuit, but I think that was like during his Spider-Man yeah. run. Um, he didn't. Yeah, Tommy McGuire is really. I don't know. He's too much doing a uh, Hollywood poker. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's playing poker like crazy with the uh, Leo DiCaprio. With Leo, DiCaprio. Uh, the whole Molly's game uh, thing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I think because we we didn't we, we we're not hearing anything out of him. So I'm sure he was happy to come back. to like, yeah, sure, yeah, I can I take can, a I paycheck. Can use a paycheck. <laughs> I owe some money. I owe some money to dangerous people. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so so yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm actively excited for Spider Man. Uh, in terms of what's left of yeah, the year, it's, what's left in the year? I'm like, yeah, give me my Spider-Man. I know I want it. Yeah, but man, the production value and the cost for all the paychecks, man. I mean, like, how many act like the actors in this film? Like, if if like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield do show up with all the villains, and you're now you have the normal. The, the actual canon characters out of Spider-Man. You have um, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Tom Holland, Zendaya, and all of the others from the other uh, trilogies. I'm just, Jesus Christ, this movie's pricey. I think, <laughs> and it's not going to be a bad thing, but I think people should check their expectations in that the people, the villains who are going to show up, I don't think they're going to be in the movie very long. They'll probably only be in it for a couple of scenes at no, the end of they the day. Won't. Like Willem Dafoe as Goblin, I hope probably only be in it for a few scenes, but they'll be awesome mm -hmm. scenes. But he's not going to be right. He's not going to be driving the narrative or anything like that. Yeah, the way they build it is that Doc Ock, I think, is like the first villain to get through like yeah. the the, the and multiverse Doc Ock portal, portal and he's the, the first one to be stuck. Yeah, he's usually yeah. the leader of the Sinister Six. Yeah. yeah. And he's going to ask more questions to them. I think there's some scenes where he's actually, I wouldn't say like even a villain. They're, they're, he's like, 
talking with the others. He's like trying to understand. You just, I'm not supposed to be here. You're not Spider-Man. What's happening? And they're like trying to explain it to him uh, because at first he captures Spider-Man and he realizes it's not the part Peter Parker mm -hmm. he knows. So he just, what's happening? So, yeah. It'd be interesting what happens mm -hmm. with Ock. Like, is he going to be a villain? Is he going to be a reluctant villain? Because this is the same Ock from Spider-Man 2. So, yeah, which ended up being at the end, he, he redeemed himself yeah, in the very so end. So, yeah. Will Ock be an ally or is it going to be something to the lines where his arms are going to take control of him once more and he's going to lose his free will? Questions. I have questions, questions. And I need the answers. And the only way to get that answer is to go see the movie when it comes out. <laughs> December 22nd? If I'm not mistaken, I think 17th or 17th or 18th, 17th or sorry, yeah, yeah. a little earlier. A little earlier than that, because I think yeah. the Matrix is coming out then the next week, December 22nd. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, there were 24th. They're dropping right a few posters Christmas. for yeah. uh, the new Matrix movie as well. Yeah, we'll have another discussion. I think we can like reserve an entire show to the Matrix Four. Yeah. Um, I need to rewatch all three Matrix uh, movies in the next month. It's yeah, yeah, I'm still really curious how it's going to end up yeah. uh, I, this Matrix film. I know I've said it before for The Witcher, but the term cautiously optimistic definitely applies to The Matrix Resurrections. I would say so as well. Um I would say so as well like, because I, I like how uh, I I I like the trailer. I like how the movie looks. Um Do I need this movie? Is the question. Do I need this movie? It's what I'm asking myself. Yeah. It's just because I'm really attached to the original Matrix trilogy. I mean, maybe the first two. The first two. Uh, uh, the first one's a classic. The second one is a thoroughly enjoyable movie. The third one is. Third one is forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> third, Hit and miss. third one um, didn't quite stick the landing. <laughs> No. Uh, so, and again, uh, I think we had a brief discussion with Alex last time he was on for James Bond, but like in terms of the timeline on when this is supposed to take place and what does like the character of Neo actually remembers from the actual, from the old films and where he is in his life. And I think we had an interesting debate saying that, oh, it's, it's a brand new, it's a brand new matrix with a new Neo. And I'm just like, no, I think, you know what? It's the same guy who woke up in another matrix because he still has his powers. I think he's forgetting. He doesn't really know. Maybe he remembers actually everything, but he's just stuck or it's, he has his powers. He doesn't know why. And, but he's this, I don't know. It's yeah. too many questions. Yeah, was, again, a lot of questions. Spider -Man, but again, like Spider-Man needs to watch to get the answers. Way more excited for Spider-Man. I hope the matrix comes out well. And that's, that's how we'll leave that. <laughs> We'll go to the theaters for this one, though. Definitely not on on the Crave or HBO Max no, no. in the US. Uh, this yeah. is a theater experience. Theater experience. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right, bro. Uh, it's been an hour and thirteen, eighteen minutes. Sorry. Yeah. So this was uh, such a huge show. I like it. Uh, so many things to discuss still, but uh, we'll save them for next time with a guest, perhaps. Yeah, if we can, lucky. if we can get it in, yeah. Uh, we'll have to do some uh, some badgering, get some people okay. interested. <laughs> We have two in mind, some of our old Concordia colleagues that we yeah. can ask. So uh, we'll keep you posted, guys. But uh, yeah, we have some interesting people in store for you. Yeah, and then I'm going to try to get a few things out on the, the site. 
because I'm going to be busy for the next little while, but expect a, not a review, but a why you should watch Cowboy Bebop article coming to the site soon. We're, we're going to be hitting Please a big do. milestone soon on the website, so any any reads are deeply appreciated as we get closer to that final milestone. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. So you can, you can go check anything uh, we read about screenhub.blog. Yes, please do. And I'll have something as well up um, the my review of Foundation, and I'll talk about it during the next uh, episode. My whole appreciation. Can't wait to hear about it because I haven't heard and much about it aside from the beginning. So I definitely want to hear your opinions on it. Done deal, brother. Done deal. On that note, uh, enjoy the rest of the of your of your beer of your Czech beer. What I'll do you mean? I'm already my, done uh, it. <laughs> Are you down it? Oh yeah, I have a li- yeah, me too. I'm done with my red Russian. I'll just I'll go pour another one. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's all right. On that note, take it easy, bro. Take it easy. Have a good one. Enjoy everything, guys. Bye now. Bye.